Welcome to episode 98 of The Night Shift as we talk about a seventh consecutive win by the London Knights in pretty strange circumstances. You shouldn't be able to have seven regulars out of a lineup and continue a winning streak. The Knights have tacked on their sixth straight win and their seventh straight win, missing seven regulars and not even the same seven regulars so we'll talk about that we're going to talk about the Landon Sim effect the Knights are nine and one with him in the lineup this season that's not a coincidence that can't be a coincidence we'll hear from Landon Sim about that and Evan Van Gorp has his first OHL goal he's a guy that scored it 10 seconds into the game against the Erie Otters and he's a guy who's used to getting started early grew up on a farm he'll talk to us about that we'll preview Barry we'll preview Mrs. Saga my name is Mike Stubbs along with Kyle Grimard you can find Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard G-R-I-M-A-R-D you can find me at Stubbs 980 and Kyle the winning streak continues and one of the last images anybody at the game between the Knights and the Erie Otters will have is you talking with Landon Sim after the game and there is Landon Sim as you described looking very much like a hockey player. Gosh, and and he I and I said this to him too and he had a little grin on his face. He didn't show it a whole ton. It probably hurt to smile, but he is becoming, and if not already, a fan favorite of the London Knights organization. His play last year on the playoff run and his ability to go to the dirty areas, he mucks things up with the opponents. And now his ability to score in flash. He had three points on Wednesday night in that 5-1 to one victory and just continuously doing all of the little things. And it's just, it, yeah, after the game, you could just tell... <laughs> It's like, I want to go get some food, some water and rest my mouth for a little bit because yeah, he got banged up in the game. He took a high stick to the face. He was cut. He got stitches. He went back into the game as the, the, the quintessential hockey player does. And uh, you know, it's funny, Mike, you talk about the impact with the trade deadline looming in the Ontario hockey league and which teams are looking to add. And for Landon Sim and the London Knights, this was almost like getting an ad at a trade deadline because Landon Sim had missed the beginning of the season and then up until not too long ago had been not been in the lineup. So they've missed that element of Landon Sim, which, you know, they traded Ryan Humphrey, you know, before the season started as well. So he was a very similar type player. So this type of player was badly missed within this lineup and the Knights were able to do well without him. But now is so as soon as he enters the lineup, you mentioned it, Mike, they're nine and one with this dude in the lineup. So something has to be going right. His impact has been immediate with this team. He's done an incredible job and he's set a good run too. He's been able to put the puck in the back of that. He's mixed it up physically. He has been a very welcome back addition to this club. If you were going to write down the scouting report for Landon Sim, there's a lot of things you'll end up writing down that he does so well. But number one is going to be competes, competes. And that's something that is so infectious on a team. You see a guy going out and playing like that. You mentioned the name Ryan Humphrey. That's what Ryan Humphrey does every time he's on the ice. He is involved in everything. Landon Sim doing that. This is not a coincidence. We'll talk with Landon about it in a little bit. But this is not a coincidence. The Knights are 9-1 and one with him in the lineup. And that only one, let's go back to that. That was a game in Sault Ste. Marie that had a controversial goal where one camera angle showed that the play was offside. The referees did not have access to that camera angle, and the Knights lost by one. Now, who knows? I mean, if if that goal doesn't count, 
games go differently. But you can look back and say that's how close they are to being 10-0 and with Landon Sim in the lineup. Pretty amazing. And let's look at who's not in the lineup. The Knights have won their sixth and seventh consecutive games minus Casper Haltonen, Easton Cowan, Oliver Bonk, Max McHugh, Sawyer Bolton, Ethan McKinnon, and then a duo of Alec Leonard, who missed the game against the Flint Firebirds, and Jacob Julian, who was out with a lower body injury. He's listed as day-to-day out against the Erie Otters. So those are key contributors. You look at the difference Alec Leonard made coming back into the lineup against the Erie Otters. He was fantastic all night long. And then you've got the young contributions, Jared Woolley, Noah Jenkin, Blake Aerosmith, probably had his best game of the season against Erie. P.J. Fagan played against Flint. Brendan Gerber made his OHL debut. And then Evan Van Gorp, who we will also hear from, who scored 10 (laughs) seconds in. And Kyle, here's now the thing. The Knights have something going. And if you were to go back to the start of when the World Junior Selection Camps were beginning, the Knights had four of their top five scorers out of the lineup, Denver Barkey, Cowan, Bonk, Haltonen, and you think, how's the team going to survive like this? Where are they going to get the scoring from? And it would be pretty easy for this team to not have gone – 7-0 7-0 and in their last seven games, but to have gone 1-6 and or 0-7, and, and no one would have blinked an eye. You would have just thought, yeah, that's, that's just the way it goes. You know, you try your best to survive while you're missing top players at the World Juniors. It's nice that the Knights have that kind of elite talent, so it's a nod to the London Knights, but at the same time, yeah, it's a, it's a tough sled. And you would think, okay, well, eventually Cowan, Bonk, and Haltonen will be back in the lineup, and they'll have to come back and help save the season. In this case, the Knights don't need Easton Cowan, Oliver Bonk, and Casper Haltonen to come back and save the season. They just have to come back and do the things that they do best. So nobody has to come back and try and do too much. They just come back and do the things that they do best. And you're adding in pieces to a lineup that is already winning big games against good teams. Erie was 12-6-2 in their last 20 coming into their game against the London Knights. That's an outstanding record. It's hard to climb up in the Western Conference. Right now, the top five Western Conference teams, think about this in the standings, top five Western Conference teams, if you move them over to the East, they would all be in first place by at least four points. That's how good the West has been. And the Knights are playing some of these Western Conference teams and they're winning. And it's just, it's a testament too, because this is what you want Mike to have happen early in the season. You want to see which guys, when there's players that come in and out of the lineup, injuries are always the case. The world juniors, specifically with the OHL and junior hockey, you want to see what you have in your depth pool. You want to see what you have in the the, quote minor rankings, but you want to see what the London Knights have with the nationals. You want to see what these younger guys are about, who can step in and fill these voids. We've seen, players who not necessarily weren't in this line, but we've seen guys really elevate their game in, in certain roles. We've seen it with back-to-back player of the weeks with Sam Dickinson and with Ruslan Gazazov. But then when those players move up in the lineup, those holes need to be filled with other players. And we're seeing that with the youth and exuberance of this London Knights team. It's also great to do it now going before getting into a playoff format, because once you get to the playoffs, your team is solidified. And if God forbid something happens where a player has to come out of the lineup or something happens, 
you need to have confidence in the players that you're going to replace them with, that they're going to be able to fill in and do an admirable job. And the London Knights, Mike, have a multitude of guys that can come in and do that. We saw it against Erie. You know, that was a game where, you know, London got outshot in that game, but it didn't feel like it. London felt like they were controlling the, the puck a little bit. They got off to a quick start. They got up one nothing. They made it two, then three. Then Erie made it 3-1. And then the Knights were able to put it 4-1, 5-1, and at that point, you know, Erie was chipping away. They found a way to get shots on that, but it just never seemed like this was going to be a game that London felt they were going to lose. And that is a great, I feel, aspect of a team when, yeah, even when you don't have a ton of shots on net, you're still in control of play, you're control of the game. And I feel like that speaks volumes to the, the vets and the players. Alec Leonard, you mentioned, who stepped up and played an awesome game. It just shows it, and it's a testament to those guys who are able to control it and help with the outcome for London. And let's talk Michael Simpson for a second. 29 saves. How many saves did he make look easy, Kyle, Ugh. that weren't? It's it's it's, it's a, a very sought-after skill for goaltenders, Mike. And, you know, for me as a goalie, I never made things look easy. I always <laughs> found a way to make things as difficult as humanly possible, which is not a good aspect and not a good characteristic. But Michael Simpson does a great job. And there were deflections. There were scrums. There were jam plays at the side of the net where he's in his butterfly and he has to react to wherever the play is going. And he just found a way to cover it up. But he did so in a very calm manner. There was no panic in his game. And there just there never seems to be panic in Michael Simpson's game. And even when he gives up a goal, it's like, okay, that's one. What's next? And after Erie put one in, I couldn't score in other ones. And, you know, there were some opportunities. There were some power play opportunities for Erie, a couple four-minute, um, you know, four-minute minor penalties that were double minors extended due to high sticks and whatnot. And London found a way to kill those off. And that's also great penalty-killing work by the London Knights organization too. But Michael Simpson back there, he has, he's really come into his own. And, Mike, I feel like you've seen this too, but there's times where when a goaltender is so used to playing in front of a certain team, a certain system – Michael Simpson had that in Peterborough. Peterborough played a very shut down, all five players collapse in front of the net kind of mentality. Coming over to London, it's not a, it's it's just a different system. And as a goaltender, you've got to get used to how the guys play in front of you. I feel like where we're at in the season right now, Michael Simpson has adapted to the way that the London Knights play, and he's finding his groove lately. Yes. Yes, he is. And another nod to Henry Brustevich for what he's been able to do going from defense to forward. His back checking, outstanding. He broke up a couple of passes against Erie. So everybody's doing those little things that help you to win. And I know we get very positive about the London Knights. I just, I get swept up in it. I have seen so much positive over the years. And I, I just, I believe in this team. I watch what they do and, and I can't wait to see what this second half is going to bring. Now we mentioned Landon Sim and we mentioned the Landon Sim effect nine and one with him in the lineup. And so we had to talk to him about what it is that he's seeing, what it is that he's feeling going through this. He had two of the night's goals scored on a breakaway and he says all he's trying to do is make a difference wherever he can. I'm pretty, pretty up, outgoing in the locker room. Uh, I like pushing, pushing guys. Being an older guy now, I like, uh, I try to get the best out of my teammates. And um, yeah, coincidence, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's been great. It's been a great feeling that we're winning games here. We're on a little bit of a streak with me 
uh, coming back here. So, yeah, it's been great. Talk to us a little bit about what has gone into this. How are you guys doing this? Because sometimes you'll have, say, Henry Brustevich, who has hardly played forward in his life, playing a, a key role up front. Or you've got three defensemen who are usually playing in the GOJHL. Yeah, just our whole coaching staff, you know. Um, it's kind of all them. We're buying into what they're saying and doing everything they're asking. And we've been winning games and uh when, when we listen to them and play the right way, the way they want us to play, we we can be so successful with the skill we have and the team we have. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy actually. I'm so kind of proud and happy of all these guys coming in and stepping in the lineup and playing this well and helping us win games. It's been it's been kind of crazy. And with all these guys coming back here soon, we should be uh, really scary if we keep playing Dale's way. So yeah. And what is that way? What what happens? Yeah, you know, we all just buy into the system, um, execute the system. That's kind of all it is. If we can execute the system in every part of the game, I think we can win a lot of games and be really consistent. And uh, that's kind of like what we do when we win. Um, I've been on a lot of teams where we've got hot, we've had crazy win streaks, and it's kind of what we do. We just play the system and uh, stay disciplined and all that stuff. And, yeah, win games. So, yeah, it's been good. London Knights forward. Landon Sim, ultimate competitor. There he was, all cut up like we described. Hockey guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's hanging in there for that interview and loving every second of that. And the St. Louis Blues were in attendance last night. I don't think he knew that, but if there's a game you want to play with your parent NHL team watching, that's the one you want to play. Gosh, and it, yeah, it's just, it's music to their ears. It's actually, it's a very similar style the way that the St. Louis Blues like to play hockey. It's something that they were adapted to it was when they went on that run in 2019 with Jordan Bennington and Alex Petrangelo and O'Reilly. And that's the style they play. And that's the type of player they love. Well, let's look at another player who is quickly becoming a fan favorite because he's someone who doesn't have the biggest size, but is always getting his nose dirty and finally got his first OHL goal. Evan Van Gorp scored 10 seconds into the game. The Otters control off the opening faceoff. Spencer Sova will flip the puck in the air. Alec Leonard knocks it down, centers to Bristevich to Van Gorp. He scores! He's first in the OHL! And it comes 10 seconds into the game. Evan Van Gorp, who had about 40 family members and friends in attendance when the Knights were in Sarnia. You could feel this one coming close, but I don't think anybody expected it to come that quickly. Henry Burstevich makes the pass and Evan Van Gorp buries it. What a feeling that must have been, Kyle. Oh my gosh. And yeah, like, let's not get lost in the fact that it's Henry Brusevich. So one, uh, the defender at the line makes the play and jumps up to keep the puck in Henry Brusevich, who is normally a defender, then gets the puck behind his back and makes a behind the back pass to Evan Van Gorp. And then Evan Van Gorp with a beautiful finish. And this is all within the first 10 seconds of the game. And just everything that encapsulated in that goal. I, I love from start to finish and the effort to come jumping right out of the gate is a huge, huge, huge asset to have with this team. You know what you're going to have to write in scouting reports? Does he have experience in farming? You want someone who starts early? You find someone who has experience in farming because they're used to doing that. They start early in the day, every day. And Evan grew up on a farm. And actually, we talked to him about that and about what that means in terms of being a hockey player. 
I think it helped a lot. I think farmer strength is a true thing, and you know, just helping my dad on the farm all the time. I really do think it's helped my hockey career, and it's definitely a reason why I am where I am today. So, take us through a, a typical day. How old would you have been when you started helping out your dad? I would say, like, when I was like eight, I'd go in like every Sunday and do help him do chores when I didn't have school, and then like. I think when I was like 13, 14 is when I like really started like full-time working on with them. And yeah, it was a fun experience working there. I learned a lot from them for sure. So would it happen where you're getting up really early in the morning when you're 13? Did that start to happen? Did you knock on your door one day and say, guess what tomorrow is? Yeah, well, when we have to uh, ship or uh, sort hogs, it's normally a really early morning because when the company gets there, it's their time, not ours. And we just have to be there when their uh, show up with the transports discipline though the discipline that you learned that's got to be rare you must look around and say man i i have something sometimes that a lot of people don't run into yeah it definitely teaches you a lot of discipline i think uh working on the farm i really think it teaches you a lot of life lessons that you need when you grow up and mature and it can you can it can be used towards hockey as well london knights forward Evan Van Gorp, you jump in, you pitch in, everybody does it, as he says, when you've got somebody coming by and they're picking up hogs, you're working for them and you're doing everything you can to get them all loaded up as quickly as possible. And he's doing this as of the age of 13. That kind of thing is never lost. And it has now helped him in his hockey career. Discipline, starting on time, being willing to do what it takes, all of those things. Such great attributes in a guy who is going to turn himself into a great player. Here we are, seven-game winning streak, Kyle. And now the Knights will start to trickle back some of the players. Max McHugh is going to be back in the lineup against the Mississauga Steelheads. We'll preview that game in just a moment. Let's remember he was the league's hottest scorer when he was given a three-game suspension. So he'll be back for a Saturday afternoon game against Mississauga. But even before that, the Knights will take on the Barry Colts. And Kyle, the Barry Colts are an interesting team to watch over the next week because as we record this podcast on Thursday morning, January the 4th, they're not in a playoff spot. And they're a team that you would say has some talent and should be in a playoff spot. They're not in a playoff spot. So what does this team do? The Knights beat the Barry Colts 9-3, to ending off a wild and crazy three games and three nights road trip. That was back mm-hmm. on November 25th. Casper Haltonen recorded his first hat trick. He will not play this time. And Sam Hildebrandt will not be in goal for the Barry Colts. He's with Team USA, and he's been Barry's best goalie. They're all also missing Edward Chalet with Czechia. So they have some key contributors out of the lineup. With Barry, everything is just, for whatever reason, below average. When you look at them statistically, there's not much that you would call bad, but they're just below average. Below average in goals for, below average in goals against, in power play. Their penalty kill right now does rank as the worst in the OHL, and now... It's slated to go up against the best power play in the OHL, so that's one matchup to watch out for. There are just some young emerging players, Kyle, but they're not quite there to lead this team just yet, and that's going to be a theme for both of the games between Barry and Mississauga, that they're not quite able to be the go-to guys yet. They will be in the future, but the Barry Colts are they are just wondering, I think, what to do going forward in this season. 
Yeah, and we're going to find out soon what they do. And, you know, you talked about it, Mike. The big matchup is the penalty killing, which at this point, they're currently dead last in the Ontario Hockey League. And is that streak, by the way, still alive for the London Knights for consecutive games with the power play goal? Or, or did that end and they started a new one yesterday? Oh, we need to mention that story, don't we? Because <laughs> the London Knights did not score on their first few power play opportunities. And they had one that was drizzling away, and then Ruslan Gazazov dumps a puck into the eerie end, and it is picked up by Matthew Schaefer, and he quickly tries to flip the puck out of his zone to hopefully kill off the remainder of the Knights' man advantage. And what does it do? It hits defenseman Owen Johnston and ricochets into the top corner of the net. The Knights didn't shoot the puck. They didn't even possess the puck. And they scored a power play goal. Kyle, you know your power play is working well when you don't even have to score goals on it. Yeah, it's pretty impressive when you don't even have to shoot to find a way to score in the back of the net. And that's the way the power play has been. And it's crazy, too, because the players that we mentioned, Oliver Bonk with the little one touch in front of the net, he's not in the lineup. Easton Cowan, a facilitator, he can absolutely rifle the puck. He's not in the lineup. And then the Casper Haltonen in the Ovechkin office for one-timers, He's not in the lineup and their power play is still finding ways to click and put the puck in. Now, obviously, that's a ricochet and that's a one off and probably won't happen again at all this season. But, you know, in, in prior games, they're finding ways to still contribute with the man advantage. They are. And they're now up to 16 consecutive games with at least wow. a power play goal. It stretches all the way back to November the 18th. So from November 18th, even missing all of those guys, missing Jacob Julian, who's been such a key on the power play against the Erie Otters, they are still finding ways to get power play goals, even when the other team gives them a helping hand. So the Knights and the Barry Colts will play Friday night at Budweiser Gardens at 7 o'clock, and then the Knights go to Mississauga on Saturday afternoon. We'll have the pregame show for you at 3.30, play-by-play just after 4. The Mississauga Steelheads are a team that when this year started, you went – Wow. Wow. They were 9-2 and two in their first 11 games, and they're a really young team. They're basically the youngest team when you look at the go-to guys in the league. So this team was a year early, two years early even. And when you look forward and you see what Porter Martone is going to be like as a 19-year-old or even as an 18-year-old, he's got 27 goals now. They have Luke Misa, who's having a tremendous year, but a lot of these guys are still young. And now they've got three wins in their last nine games, and they've only played one team that was above 500 in that span. So it was a softer part of their schedule, but they're still not finding ways to win. And so Mississauga comes in looking for their game. It's hard to keep up that nine and two run if you have a lot of youth. We're talking about a team that has such a great goaltending tandem in Ryerson Leanders, who's 17, and Jack Ivankovic, who is 16, but they're 17 and 16. So this team is probably going through some bumps. They'll probably ramp themselves back up at some point, but this is a good time maybe to play Mrs. Saga when they're trying to find the game that they had at the beginning of the year instead of playing that team when they were absolutely flying at the start of the year. Well, and it's hard, Mike. It's it's a long season, especially for players who are not fully accustomed or haven't gotten a ton of OHL reps under their belt. And, you know, you travel often with the team. You call every single game and the travel days, the three and threes, the constant on the ice, the balance of also just being a teenager and balancing 
junior hockey and school and friends and travel and trying to balance all that into it all in together, it can be difficult. And especially when you're getting used to it. And this is part of the season where it's not a lull, for example, but you know, you're a few months in the excitement's there, the Christmas break is over. And now you're trying to get back into the swing of things. And yeah, like every team, the Knights do it normally at the beginning of the season where they kind of start off a little bit and then they start figuring things out. And that maybe is just because of the culture and the coaching staff, but it's tough when you're the majority of players you're looking to lean on, as you mentioned, are players who are 17, Jack Ivankovic, 16 years of age. And normally those guys are at their 18 and 19 year old years. So very interesting to see. And I wonder if London takes advantage of that matchup on Saturday. We'll find out. We'll have the game for you at 3.30 with the pregame show. Play-by-play just after 4 o'clock. And then the London Knights will have a game next week, midweek, back in Sarnia that could see them clinch the Finch Cup. The 402 Rivalry Series will hit installment number 5. And this could be it. And that could see the London Knights grab the Finch Cup for the second consecutive year. And uh, that'll be a fun thing to watch as well. We're also going to be hearing in a future podcast from Knights Governor Trevor Whiffen. And one of the things that you're going to hear Trevor talk about is the names and images and likenesses that we see going on in the NCAA and the impact that's going to have on the OHL if it already isn't having an impact. So interesting conversation coming up on a future episode. You can follow Kyle at... Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can follow me at Stubbs980 on socials. And we'll continue to follow the London Knights. Kyle, they go for their eighth straight win against the Barry Colts on Friday, January the 5th. Well, it's been fun to watch this team with different players emerging and making impacts. And I'm looking forward to see who's going to be next happening on Friday and potentially on Saturday as well. And, and yeah, like you said, follow the podcast wherever you listen to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Mike and Joy. And by the way, we're coming up on episode 100, which is pretty exciting. Can't wait. <laughs>